0: Alive or dead, we will still be cussing. Beep! Rest in peace, you have been warned. Content is not suitable for all listeners. Welcome, you're listening to Bewitch Banter.
1: Krista and I believe that people are inherently shitty
0: and I'm Amy and I tend to believe that people are naturally good
1: but ironically I'm a super believer in the supernatural and all things spiritual
0: and I'm a total skeptic
1: we're best friends and in this podcast we're seeking to explore and understand each other's perspectives with deep dives into the spooky the spiritual the magical and the mystical and some straight up spoofs Today is witching our story time. Cheers. 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 And we'll be doing our stories on, excuse me, reaching to Ames. That aim. was
0: hard to That's reach. That was a little
1: reach for us uh, after we just ate nachos. <laughs> Telling on us, everyone, we have not been healthy today. Um, but we're covering zombie stories.
0: I think my story is going to be a fun one, by the way. Okay. Um, so I'm going to be covering Clervius,
1: <laughs> And we'll use him. Thanks, Clervius. Clairvius,
0: because I can't remember how to say it. So I definitely had to get oh, on ho- howtopronounce.com one more time so I can remember. Clerbius. Clervius, Narcisse. The legend real life zombie question mark. Okay. So Clarvis' uh, story was the inspiration for the horror film called The Serpent in the Rainbow, which was directed by Wes Craven in 1988, my birth year, a long time ago. In 2012, Angelina Narcisse was in the downtown village
1: of Angelina Jolie. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> she was in the... Hey, listen, she got her kids from Haiti, didn't she? Cambodia. Oh. I actually went to a
0: Cambodia orphanage, and we brought them, like, food and stuff, and they did, did like, a little performance for us. Oh. And I was like, oh, they're so cute. I can see why Angelina Jolie got all her babies from here. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so Angelina Narcisse, which she was in the downtown village of Ayastar, which I didn't pull up on how to pronounce.com, because so I don't know how to say it right. Uh, <laughs> she was approached. <laughs>
1: <What>? <laughs> Sorry, Amy has me dying today. How's to okay, cool sponsor
0: us? Because I'm always mm. on how how to pronounce.com. Mm, truth. Um, but she was approached by a stranger, right? And this stranger comes up to her and claims to be her brother, Curvice. And she immediately was thrown off, obviously, and very confused. Like, first A, why the hell would someone pretend to be my brother? And she B vividly remembers eighteen years ago her brother being lowered into the ground and being oh, buried. Oh no, honey. Mm-mm,
1: um, mm-mm, mm-mm. Mm-mm.
0: But this is where it gets weird. So the stranger or but she finds out soon enough it's not so much of a stranger. Uh, was able to convince Angelina that he was her living brother, and the way he convinced her of this was by sharing information that only the two of them would know. Oh
1: boy, uh, he was rec- like a hot reading kind of.
0: Yeah, because
1: right, and I bet he
0: had to look a little. Obviously, he had the looked like him. Okay. but twenty years, you would look very different. He recalled a pet nickname she used to fondly call him, and talked about things that happened in the family that no other outsider would know. At this point, Angelina is like believing it. And he also pointed to a scar on his face and told her about how he got the scar because it was from the nail that was hammered into the coffin. He explained how he remembers the night he was buried very clearly. He said he was fully conscious but no, he just couldn't stop, speak stop, 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 stop. or move.
1: No, 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 no. That's that's a fucking sleep paralysis right there. We're going to cover that too someday. Holy fuck. No, no, no. Is no. That an- stop.
0: But he had a literal scar. And he says from the nail in the coffin. Is oh, that not insane? God. He recalled the night that he was buried that a voodoo priest resurrected him from the grave. And for anyone who didn't listen to our episode on Tuesday, I covered the Haitian beliefs regarding zombies. So if you didn't listen to it, I'll give you the quick version. So they believe voodoo priests can perform magic and basically turn someone into a zombie. And the zombie becomes uh, like their enslaved person and they're like the master. And they have to live a life against their will. Back to the story, Clarvice recalls that the voodoo priest whipped him and he was taken to a sugar plantation in the north region of Haiti. Oh, my God. He said that he was with other zombies, and he became the priest's slave, basically.
1: Jesus.
0: He said that when he was at the plantation, he was forced to consume some sort of unknown substance.
1: It had, like, a paste-like consistency, right? Yeah, I'll cover that in mine a little. Oh, really? Yeah, some paste.
0: Yeah, and he said when he would consume the paste, he was in a drugged-like state. He could barely think. He couldn't remember anything. And he recalls being on the plantation, being forced to work from sunup to sundown, like, and no breaks barely. I didn't find any information on the following, but from his story, he said that the zombies were able to band together and kill their master. And that hmm. was the only way he was able to flee the plantation. Huh. And to us, this may seem like a really outlandish story, but in Haitian culture, it's a really popular belief that zombies are a real thing, mm-hmm. right? To that group, the story doesn't seem to be out of the realm of possibility where some of us might be sitting at home thinking he's lying. This happened in 1980 and Clarvis wasn't actually the, what I thought was really interesting, he's not the only person who came forward stating that he was a zombie at one point. So he's not the only person telling a similar story. Okay. Two other women came forward in another village stating that something similar had happened to them. Hmm. And later on in that year, a group of people came forward saying that they saw a group of zombies walking in that region in Haiti. But the reason Narcy's story was taken maybe more seriously than the women who came forward was because his story is actually documented, Mm -hmm. which was different than the the other ladies. There's no proof or anything to really get them to question it. And it received a lot of national attention at the time. His death had been recorded by doctors in a nearby hospital. Huh. Clarvis had walked into the hospital on April 30th in 1962, and at that point, he was spitting up blood, he had a fever, oh, God. and the doctors just couldn't figure out what was causing him to be sick, really. They were just like, they couldn't figure out what it was. Three days later mm-hmm. from the sickness, he passed away. Okay. And three different doctors signed his death certificate. So pretty official, we yeah. know he's dead, Right. right. And this is the part that gets me. Okay, the burying alive thing, but also this. He said he was stored in the storage container where, you know, like when you see in the movies, they pull out the storage container and you're like in the. Oh, yeah, the morgue. Yeah, like it's in the cold. Uh He remembers being like freezing to stop the body from decaying. So he remembers (sighs) all this.
1: Oh, my God, that's. Fear number one, Moving and, that on up.
0: <laughs> and hard, this part is so sad to me. He said he even remembers hearing the doctors tell his sisters, or his sorry, one sister, his sister that he was dead, and hearing her cry. Oh my gosh! The story made headlines around the world. I'm gonna post this on Instagram. There's a picture of him casually sitting on his tomb, like his grave, when he came. You know what I mean? Because he was buried. Hell no. And with this story receiving so much attention, this led two researchers to start digging into this mysterious case. So their names are Dr. Nathan Klein yep. and Dr. Lamarck Doyon.
1: Yay! I, I mentioned them in my case, too. When they're starting to
0: investigate the story, right? Well, the first thing, they're like, well, should we open up Carvise's grave? But they kind of were like, that seems like a waste of time. Because obviously... If they, if like someone is pretending to be him, obviously they would have removed the body at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, that's the first thing they're gonna do. They decided to go to Clarvis's family and ask them a list of very intimate questions. Went to Clarvis and did an interview to kind of check to see if he knew all the answers. Just like, is this really him? Mm-hmm. A graduate student from Harvard, uh, Wade Davis, also traveled to Haiti to help in the mission and finding out. What the hell happened to this guy? Like, yeah. is he the real Clarvis or what? Before Clarvis was pronounced dead, his brother and him <clears throat> had been fighting about land that I believe that was going to be left behind in a will.
1: Okay. Only oh, see what's a financial matter. Yes. There, sibling feuds, man.
0: I think there's always, like, we're looking for what's the motivation of why someone would do this. One popular theory is that the brother hired someone to make Clarvis into a zombie With a zombie potion. Wade Davis was able to get his hands on what was called a zombie potion made by a bokar. Bokar is a voodoo sorcerer Mm -hmm. or voodoo priest. And we we talked about this on our Tuesday episode, but zombie powder can be made by a variety of ingredients. But the three main ones I found were ground human bones, plants with irritating hairs, which will make sense in a second and dried puffer fish. Mm -hmm. The irritating hairs and bones are used actually to irritate someone's skin. Mm -hmm. This would cause the zombie powders on someone's skin. It causes them to scratch themselves. And that way, when they're scratching themselves, they can open up like wounds or this, the puffer fish active ingredient can actually make its way into someone's bloodstream. Oh, Jesus. And so puffer fish. That makes a lot more sense. I know on Tuesday's episode I couldn't pronounce and I still can't. Don't have this pulled up on Pronounced.com. Uh, <laughs> Tetrodotoxin is it's a, basically a deadly poison that can be found in the skin and organs of a fish. And I believe they said 500 times more powerful than cyanide. Jeez. And it, it can block nerve transmissions and result in the same symptoms that Claire Vies had the day when he arrived at the hospital. They're like, oh, it's kind of hmm. all adding up here. And it can actually uh, make
1: it really hard for doctors to... Realize that their patients still are alive. Oh my god! Yeah, I was gonna, that was my question. I was like, how did their doctors miss that? If three signed off, like, how, yeah, how exactly? Wow, isn't that
0: crazy? How do they get the zombie potion
1: on an innocent victim without them knowing? Right? right yeah. Like, how did his brother do this? I'm assuming his brother. <laughs> so
0: it's speculated that it can be blown into one's face. But I would think that some of it would be blown back into your face. But what I think probably makes more sense to me is that they also have a hypothesis that you can put in someone's clothing
1: oh so when they put the clothes on yep. then they
0: they're obviously your skin's touching the clothing and that's yep. how they get poisoned they believe that Clarvis probably suffered some brain damage when he's buried alive and obviously psychological trauma i mean
1: I, yeah there's no coming, no words i yeah. can't even imagine i don't want to
0: And this is why it may have been easier for the Bokar to take him against his will to the plantation and keep him drugged while he was working there. Obviously, there's opponents of people who don't believe this. A lot of members of the science community have came forward and said that this is all one big lie and there's no factual evidence that zombie powders do exist. So I guess it uh, it is up to you, listeners, and Krista to really decide: Was Clarvis actually a real living zombie Ooh. with other Haitian people, or do you really think it's just some outlandish story he made up? And
1: no, I think he really he probably ran off. Was. His problems. I really think he was probably poisoned by his brother. Talk about motive and true crime, man. Mm-hmm. Like his if there's this will and debate or money, land. There's your motive right there. Hello. And so it, it, especially the brother, knowing and believing probably in zombies, did this. He probably contacted a local uh, Bokar and did this to him, which is disgusting. I'm
0: usually not a believer, but this story, I actually believe. I feel like, from what I gathered, I feel like, why would he lie about
1: this? Right. That's... Because right.
0: I couldn't find a motive for him to lie. Like, some people, I think one idea was that he was like trying to run away from his family and maybe some responsibilities but i feel like no he probably was poisoned in my opinion i think so
1: too and maybe no fuck that if he actually went and endured all that that's insane
0: 18 years though it's like a long
1: Almost a long lifetime. time yeah. yeah it is a lifetime for some unfortunately but, yeah to be um
0: away from your family and then to find your sister like Imagine being the sister at the downtown markets when it approaches you and you find out your brother's been alive this whole time. Because after 18 yeah. years, you probably, I mean, I know you're always mourning the loss of someone you really love, but you probably came to peace. And then it's like this whole, like, the emotions you would have. Like, like what? And then yeah. you're like, am I hallucinating? Um, is this person lying to me and playing some sick trick right. on me? It would take me a long time to even, like, your brain to wrap around the idea that he actually was alive because I could see that being
1: a mind fuck. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Like, no, how would no you wrap doubt. your
0: head around it?
1: Yeah, I... And so the fact... The question you really had asked is do I believe in zombies or not? I don't believe in them in the sense of, like, the Walking Deads or the, you know, all the shit that they see in the whitewash versions. I don't believe that at all. But I do certainly believe that Haitian people have this practice and that's their belief so yeah I do I do believe that in that form they exist you know I don't think they're out there walking around <laughs> like no, with the toilet paper around them or whatever the fuck oh well, that's a mummy but you know I I don't I don't think so the way that they've been quote-unquote cartoonized you know I don't know
0: but they actually my our episode on Tuesday I kind of discussed it
1: that it could there, happen, yeah, you did.
0: It does happen in nature, so yeah. it, it. I mean, they say, and scientists even have said it's not possible for it to happen to humans. So I don't really even know if it is a question. I think it is reality. It's just probably not the kind of zombies we picture in the
1: movies. Right about like eating flesh and yeah, knowledge. it's not even like
0: that. But there could be some kind of extent like but
1: brain dead, being and, brain
0: dead and being alive. Yeah, I don't know. All interesting stuff though. Crazy. I, I could. I can't imagine. No. The idea of being buried alive, being in that cold storage Mm-mm. container, hearing nope. them tell your sister you're dead and you just have to lay there and listen to her be so sad and you can't say anything. Oh, my God. I don't know if there's enough therapy in the world to no. overcome that. No. uh uh-uh. No. And I just think it'd be interesting because they really have covered his story a lot because actually, like I said, there's a lot of, like, documentation. of. But I would be interested to know those, like, other women's stories, like, do they believe they were on the same plantation? or? Mm-hmm. But they, I also have said, said, like, through my research, I feel like most of the people who came forward and said they were zombies is always in Haiti, not other places. Mm-hmm. And that's because in that culture, they already readily believe in zombies. Correct. So when someone comes forward and says that they're a zombie, it's not that crazy or that outlandish. Right. Where here, yeah. like if your neighbor said you were a zombie, you would look at them like they had, that out of here, yeah. They were insane. Yeah, but that was my great job. story. I was a cool one. Uh, I got a lot of it from, actually, I guess Harvard has a magazine, and <laughs> that's where I got a lot of my information. Oh, yeah, I saw
1: that in part of my research as well. And um, a little bit of overlap in, in my case with Dr. Klein and uh, Dr. Wade and La Munion. La A little bit of clair- Clairvisus, but not, not wholly. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to be covering the zombie project.
0: Sweet. Can't wait to hear it.
1: Um, so again, before we started recording, I just wanted to let you know there's a little bit of crossover with your guy, Clarvis Narcissus, but not fully. I did a control F did the old good old college find, and uh, when you wanted to cheat, uh, <laughs> control F'd it, and I'm not covering your same story, so don't panic.
0: Okay, good. i feel <laughs>
1: like, "Bitch, nope. you stole my story." No, it is he's mentioned, but it is not about him. Uh, So today, my search to get back to, you know, the podcast roots a little bit in trying to find a genuine person, um, a good person, was my challenge to myself, right, for our whole podcast. Uh, Since I believe humans are inherently shitty, I like to try to challenge myself when I can find a good person to find one to tell a story about um, whatever topic and I think I found one today. Okay, awesome. I'm is ready for a it. A miracle because I think he's maybe number the um, the first or the second maybe second what like good person I've covered. Oh, have
0: I? I've, i think Satanism might have been my only really good group. Actually, of people. you know what?
1: Yeah, I just kidding. Satanism. She was really badass too. So uh, Zelda or Zena, excuse me. So okay, he's one of the few making the good list. If you okay, will. The nice we don't list. have many on our list. So I came across Dr. Nathan S. Klein. Okay. And so who is Dr. Klein? Well, he was an American psychiatrist uh, living 1916 through 1983. And he's often cited among his successors in the medical and psychiatric community as a revolutionary figure for actually advancing um, and modernizing psychotherapy. So he actually, um, you know, I, I I give him props for being a gold star, bewitched, banter, good guy, <laughs> if you will. We need to come up with a name for our good and bad guys. Um, I'd even say, um, he normalized a lot of mental health in the U.S. more than it had ever been before, which we know still isn't. Unfortunately, it's getting there, but it's still not. In his early career, Klein served as a physician at a VA in Lyons, New York. He then served as the director at, at Worcester State Hospital, Hospital in w- Worcester, Massachusetts. I can't even do the mass accent anymore. Wh- the- card corner. <laughs> um. Give
0: me a shmier, brother.
1: <laughs> oh, Boston.
0: Yeah, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm trying.
1: <laughs> hey, well, doesn't it come from the English? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Some dialect of England uh, somewhere. But anyway, so he also worked Dr. Klein at Rockland State Hospital in Orangeburg, New York. And finally, he served at the research center of that, that hospital until 19, from 1975 until his death. So he's there researching a lot of shit and doing really good work in, in mental health. His research focus was on the biochemical, and this is a little scientific, y'all, biochemical and endocrinological bases. <laughs>
0: Oh, I know exactly what that is. Right?
1: Me too. Let's go. To-
0: <laughs> I studied that in college. <laughs>
1: I think so, so. So it's biochemics and then en- your endocrine system. Okay. Is what I'm getting. And he, he used those two things together to study and research the co- different components of mental illness that revolutionize psychology. And a few examples are using tranquilizers for antidepressant drugs for patients who were previously considered untreatable. As so we- they
0: like to knock people out?
1: Um. I don't know necessarily about that, but yes, there was some really bad practices, as we know in that, but a lot of his research around the world was more focused on new, naturally uh, well, new science for us, but naturally occurring cures and treatments. So he was more of a natural path. Oh OK, very cool Then he was. I can get behind that. to use big, big drugs, yeah. right? Not to say that he didn't endorse any of those, but his core was to search for cures within nature.
0: Okay, very cool.
1: And in this case today, my story, he travels the world. Well, one of his predecessors does in the hunt for the next big drug in psych- psychiatric healing. And it took him to Haiti. This was after he was contacted by a Haitian-born Canadian psychiatrist. La Lamarque Duyon um, d- directed the Port-au-Prince um, Klein Center in Haiti. And this was because he, he wanted to get help after studying the, oh uh, help me out, Clarice, Narcissus story, which you just covered so beautifully, and at this center um, in Haiti, Doctor Lamarque Doyon had recorded all reports of zombies that they ever had reported since 1961. So this center was like
0: all the people that came forward and then said they had the uh, experience of becoming
1: a zombie. Hmm. Okay. Or know of a like family member experience okay. with. Gotcha. A proven zombie, right? Yeah. Um. Okay. So, given this opportunity and access to remote remote parts of Haiti, Dr. Klein then commissioned what is now called, or what was then called, the Zombie Project. Oh. Okay. Nice. And this studied the ori- origins of zombies. That was a two year project, rather. Excuse me, from nineteen eighty two to nineteen eighty four. Again, its goal was to study the origin of zombies. And the main scientific question was, in, again, at the heart of mental health studies and research. So, this is a little quote Is zombification as a practice achieved through the Bokars, Bokors, voodoo ritual, or through the powerful effects of certain drugs? Again, you covered this Bokar or Kaplata is a voodoo which. For uh, Hire, who is said to have practiced black magic and aids in the creation of zombies and talismans or any type of like mm. spiritual connection. So, the way that I interpreted the zombie project was that it was Dr. Klein's attempt to improve the field of ana- anesthesiology and med- the medical use of anesthesia. So if they could find out how Haitians are quote-unquote zombified, maybe they could also figure out some breakthroughs in medicines and drugs needed for critical surgeries. Oh, okay. Very cool. And so his search may be a bit self-serving for him to elevate, you know, his stature as a physician. But here's why I like Dr. Klein for being a good guy. For Bewitch Banter's (laughs) cast of characters. He feels in the good versus evil. That we often discuss here. He is quoted as saying. The first problem is to know when the dead are truly dead. End quote. And to me that's like inherently human. Right? So instead of just like assuming someone's a zombie. And putting rocks on them as you discussed. you Like make sure they're actually dead. Yeah. (laughs) I think that made him. You know, inherently human. I know we covered the death penalty like a ton last week, mm-hmm. and we're both super conflicted on that. Shit. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, um, I feel like the
0: main consensus I came away we I walked away from that episode is we both don't really have opinions. Yeah, it's on hard. It. I
1: mean, we I just I still struggle with it. But um, hell, even the heartbeat bill, like I I just to me it's it's a, it's it's just laughable that humans think we have any remote control or any say at all in, in this wild thing called life that we mm-hmm. think hell no we don't have shit control please mm-hmm. anyway i just wanted to say that so we have dr klein and we have la Marque do trying to research this work and um anesthesia medical uses of anesthet- anesthetics by studying maybe some of these zombie potions and so Klein's again main motive was to study these zo- Haitian zombie rituals. Lamarque, Don Yon, wanted to actually prove that zombies existed. So they had a little bit of a different goals. Regardless, they were able to work together on this zombie project to so study. So the guy it. who
0: invited him in is the one who wanted to prove zombies were real. Yep,
1: and he openly believed in them. Okay. Lamarque. So again, either way, both doctors agreed that the next step was to find the formula. Or the poison or potions that actually turns a human into a zombie. Mm-hmm. And by the time Klein, Dr. Klein launched the zombie project in 1982, who was a little too old to travel that far for field work, so instead he sent ethnobotanist and anthropologist Dr. Wade Davis on the expedition. Oh, it's my st- story too. Yeah, he was a really cool dude from the video mm-hmm. I watched. So Davis is on this expedition um, to discover what causes Haitian zombies. And it was Klein's goal for Davis to gather samples of these drugs used in zombie ceremonies um, to analyze them and figure out how they worked in the body and on the mind. Mm -hmm. So, as part of his eight week research project in Haiti, Dr. Davis had the very rare opportunity to observe and participate in secret voodoo ceremonies. Again, as I just discussed last week or on Tuesday, huge honor for any white person. To be privileged any whatsoever way in any of this, these 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 Afro-Caribbean religions, like. Well, huge. do they know know of the work he was doing, and that's why they invited him in? That's a great question. I, I'm gonna assume probably with like the leaders, yeah, you know, probably did. But like through that work, he he had some pretty powerful viewpoints. Um, in this video, I did watch a talk from Dr. Davis. He was giving to. I think Stanford students. I'll have to correct that. I don't know if it's Stanford or not, but college students, he was giving this this like TED Talk to about his experience mm-hmm. down there. And it said the exact same shit I did in my in my voodoo uh history, which I was actually really proud of myself. I was like, fuck yeah, go me. Um <laughs> but essentially that after the whole sugar plant uprising and revolt, that's where we see a real hard turn into turning any of the um African-based religions into bad or black magic, and like, yeah, I think I talked about that. Yeah, and yes, and you did too. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, he just was on the same page, but it, but and it, it turned voodoo bad, unfortunately. Even though it's really just about ancestor worship, yeah. As we know. Mm-hmm. So he had the same viewpoints as I did, but I was just really glad to see that, like a scholar. Like said exactly what I did. I was like, "Yes, I got this." Oh, I'm smart. I'm a smart bitch. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. It's Professor Hens. Thank you. <laughs> Are you trying to flex? Flexing. Mm-mm. Flexing my brain. Okay. So, Doctor Davis brought back eight samples of his zombie powder, quote unquote, from four different regions of Haiti. From these, Davis and Klein determined that the ingredients were not exactly the same. As you said, like different family ingredients yeah
0: that makes sense but
1: s- that seven of the eight samples had four of the ingredients in common so one which was one or more species of puffer fish which you mm-hmm. covered two uh, a marine toad or bufo marinus i'm
0: assuming it's a poisonous toad right? yeah
1: exactly three a hyla tree frog that's poisonous too. Mm-hmm. And so again, all of the above, going back to our research for being here and reason, um, all the th- first three, so the pufferfish, the toad, and the hyla frog, all have a numbing pain-killing effect. Unfortunately, some are so toxic, they can be potentially deadly, mm-hmm. but they still, going back to the anesthesia, have that pain-killing, yeah, you know, trait. And then number four, y- was part of the rituals but you know i'm squeamish she'll bother me but anyway human remains
0: yeah i know that yeah though. so that's you know hey listen someone's snaggle tooth is in there oh <laughs> ouch you better watch what is show. a snaggle tooth actually it's like when one tooth is a little higher than the other
1: that or like protruding over the oh uh,
0: okay yeah um, i just remember that from mean girls <laughs> I can't help but have a wide set vagina and a heavy flow. <laughs> it's like the best movie. Oh,
1: Tina faced genius. So essentially, Davis concluded that Haitians believe in the power of the Bacor to capture one's soul, again, zombie, mm-hmm. zombie quote-unquote vic- victims, as part of their soul connected to an individual. But while they use the potion or the drug in the process, it's really the magic that they believe in rather than that the drugs create the zombies so there's a little bit of the difference there where like he went down there to find this potion mm-hmm. that we could use in medical certain operating rooms you know but it's not that they believe that this this potion is is the cure mm-hmm. or the creation of zombies rather but that Haitians believe it's it's doing that soul work and the magic okay. that creates the zombies not not a surprise. But yeah. Um, as you covered, the pufferfish poison, tetrodotoxin. <laughs> yeah, it sounded great. Yeah. That really rolled off the tongue. Uh, the pufferfish poison. Um, Davis became especially fascinated with that. He became so fascinated with it because it causes a drop in temperature in the blood mm-hmm. and blood pressure, paralysis, coma, and possibly even death. As as you discussed. And its pain-killing effects are 160,000 times stronger than Coke.
0: Like cocaine or Coca-Cola? Oh, sorry. Cocaine. okay. (laughs) I was like, which Coke are we talking about here?
1: Which I had a big-ass Coke yesterday from McDonald's. Oops.
0: Was it good? Did it hit the spot? It
1: really did. Sometimes you just crave a little sugar.
0: 160,000 times stronger? Yeah.
1: That's insane. So obviously deadly. You know, it's one thing to not feel and be numb, but like... To the point where you that that dead. So, yeah,
0: wow. Um,
1: consequently, obviously, this prevents... Quote, they're using the word victims here, which I don't necessarily like, but victims, people that are being zombified, it prevents them from reacting to stimuli. Mm-hmm. So, again, similar to Clairvises' <laughs> Clair-Vis? experiences you know that he described before com- becoming a zombie. So even at, even other doctors um had documented cases of people who ingested the tetradox tetra I'm gonna try this I'm gonna do it. Tetrodox Doxton. Dox-tin. Like a dox hound. Um tetradoxton. There. Ding nailed it. And Did you appear? <laughs> Landed it. Um <laughs> stuck the landing and appeared dead, but later they they make a complete recovery, even though they look dead. Yeah. However, the po if the powder is too potent, it actually can kill them and prevent zombification. Yeah, yeah. So from all his research, Davis theorized that the tetradoxin drug is actually able to pass into the bloodstream again and paralyze the victim. It's usually applied as a powder, a topical powder, and it provides a passageway for the drug by causing irritation and breaks in the skin. Then, after the victim is buried, the booklore is able to remove the body from the grave. So again, by that time, the powder wears off, the victim wakes up from the grave and believes himself to be a zombie. So from Dr. Davis's research, there were two books. The Serpent and the Rainbow, as you covered, and The Passage of Darkness from Clairvisa's case. And then, oh, excuse me. The Serpent and the Rainbow in 1985 mm-hmm. referenced um, Clairvisa's case. And then he also wrote The Passage of Darkness, The Ethnobiology of the Haitian Zombie in 1988. And this ties back to the story at hand because it presented a pharmacological use case for zombies. Mm that I've totally read. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so while while his theory was very convincing, among there were some problems in his in that research in that second book that led to a great deal of criticism unfortunately from colleagues that claimed that his methods were unscientific and that he uh I think they thought based on his experiences so close working with the Haitian people and zombies that he ignored evidence that would be contrary to the use of the powder. Oh, uh, okay. For, you know... Yeah. Because he was so close to it, if mm-hmm. you will. And so, unfortunately, that shit was kind of dismissed by the medical community. Many I'm not sci- surprised. Yeah, no. Not at all. Um, but many scientists claim that there was no or little tetrodotoxin in the samples of the zombie powder that Davis collected. And they accused him, of again, withholding information because it didn't support his claims that it did help. Mm-hmm. Regardless I thought he was a really cool ass dude in the video I watched, and I'll post that too for everybody. Just, I don't know, getting to know a culture like that with, I thought, like I said, good roots based on Dr. Klein's urging to help better mental health. I mean, we're all still battling that shit to this day.
0: Yeah, I think everyone's on their own journey. Yeah. Definitely.
1: Well, great job. And And you did a good job finding a positive light. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so that concludes uh, the zombie project, Dr. Klein and Dr. Wade.
0: Yeah, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, If you did, leave us a review.
1: I know I sound like a broken record. Uh, Keep going, girl. Rate, review, subscribe. (laughs) Please and always and thank you. And you want to tell us more if you have experiences? Do you believe in zombies? Do you believe in zombies? Do you have a go pack? Where do you put it? What do you do? Let me know. I need to know. And can I can I join your plan?
0: <laughs> yeah, what is your plan? And next week we're gonna be right on theme for Valentine's Day, and we'll be doing love stories. Love. And Krista, you're covering what like soulmates? I'm
1: assuming. Yeah, the history of soulmates. And since I'm a single lady using all the dating apps, I decided to cover e-harmony <laughs> oh nice mine is
0: batshit crazy things people do for love it's gonna oh, be a fun fuck one yeah
1: well i think some I, of them are whack i mean so be prepared at one of them shit we had that discussion all damn night but, yeah
0: uh <laughs> whoo anyway that is a wrap for tonight and peace be witches peace Thanks for listening. Check us out on Instagram or bewitchbanter.com. Suggestions for the show? Emails at bewitchbanter at gmail.com. Credits, Music Phantom Fun by Jonathan Boyle from premiumbeat.com. Podcasts edited and produced by Kristen Hins and Amy Holt. As always, if you enjoyed, please rate, review, and subscribe.